Hey, good morning or good afternoon, depending on your venue. I'm retired Brigadier General Bruce Bingham, another former USA KPOC commander, and I'm pleased to introduce this year's 2021 edition of the Issues Paper. The theme of building a global civil military network is critical. First, let me introduce the paper's committee, retired Major General Mike Keir. We had retired Colonel Larry Rubini. We have our birthday boy Marine Corps Colonel Len DeFrancisi, Carolyn Pogi, Colonel Pogi, and also Colonel Chris Polshak and myself were on the committee. Now we have evaluated uh, all of the papers that were submitted and we have selected the five best and we've asked the authors to present these papers to you for your consideration, and we're gonna ask all the participants at the end of this exercise to make a vote on which one they thought was the best. Now, we didn't lead the witnesses or the authors uh, as to what level of depth they should go within the network. So they've chosen their own scope, and we do have a broad spectrum of platforms and network applications for your consideration. So with no further ado, I'm gonna introduce the first, speak, first speaker and the first presentation. And we're gonna have Dr. Hayden Bassett, who's with the Virginia Museum of Natural History and live on camera, Lieutenant Kate Harrell, US Navy Reserve. So they're gonna propose enhancements to the 38G capabilities and specifically how applied research lab support built into institutional partners will help enhance the training and capabilities of 38 Gulf officers. And they also have a case study, I believe, which they will be presenting for your consideration. Lieutenant Harrell, you're on. Thank you, sir. Hayden? Um, so we'll, we will go ahead and get started with this. I'll open the title slide before handing it over to Lieutenant Harrell. Um, but our, our paper today is entitled Maximum Support Flexible Footprint, the Need for Civilian Applied Research Laboratories to Support the Use of KPOC 38G Program. Um, we'd like to first start by saying that this was specifically um, conceptualized for the 38 Gulf Program, but we would, um, after, you know, uh, the past three days of papers, um, panels, sessions, and then just over the past, uh, you know, eight months of developing this, uh, we've recognized that this is broadly applicable across civil affairs. This is not unique, a unique sort of um, proposal for 38 Gulf in any means. But with that, I'd like to kind of frame the conversation first today um, with respect to the past few days of, of this conference. Um, and I'd like to start with a few things that I picked up on day one in the update to the FM 3-57 panel that we had, which was a few comments specifically um, Colonel Cornegay's uh, highlighting of the difference in um, situational awareness and situational understanding and how the, the updated doctrine really reflects that move from awareness to understanding. Um, and also Colonel Kelly's ask, you know, where in this new doctrine, where in this environment is there room for experiment, development, and in some cases failure? Um, and so we'd like to propose this uh, today um, as, as kind of part of that conversation. Where is that room? So with that, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, this is, we'd like to kind of begin with this in mind, um, this, this tweet, um, and we will return to it at the end of the talk. Um, so this is a tweet 
um, from an account called the National Political News. As you can see, 2017. Florida Museum celebrates the loss of Hagia Sophia. In other words, they celebrate white genocide carried out by Muslims in hashtag Constantinople. And as you can see in the image included in the tweet, it is a museum's uh, panel text on the Ottoman Empire. Now, flash forward through attribution work, where does this tweet come from? Russia IRA, October 2018 attribution. So keep this in mind, we will return again at the end. All right, I'm gonna hand it over to Lieutenant Carroll for this part. As adversaries develop capabilities well beyond the scope of conventional military domains, the expertise commanded by USA KPOC 38 Gulf program will increasingly represent a major strategic asset. By actively recruiting civilian subject matter experts across 38 Gulf's 18 skill identifiers, the Army Reserve is decidedly shaping 38 Gulf as a force of civil sector professionals to position its soldier scholars to compete broadly. Malign operations, like we saw in the Russian IRA tweet, have targeted culture, education, public infrastructure, transportation, criminal justice, agriculture, cultural heritage, and many of the other specialties present among 38 Gulf officers. The workflow of the 38 Gulf cadre should be shaped to address the complex operating environment and roadblocks to success should be examined now. The brief windows of reserve battle assembly are not enough time to provide the sheer amount of open source monitoring or to facil facilitate building collaborative links across the functional specialties. We predict that the types of missions that the 38 Gulf officers will be called on to support from HADR, HADER, to military exercises will require collaboration, not just swaths of data. Integration across the specialties is going to be essential. When measured against the challenge of the gray zone threat, it is evident that the model of 38 Gulf must be tailored to fight the next war, not the last war. Though well-established in DOD research and development activities, the concept of the Applied Research Lab is now emerging as a critical institution in academic and non-governmental organizations to bridge pure research and real-world applications. Labs should be placed within partners that are equipped to provide the manpower, equipment, and training needed to support the mission long-term. In terms of equipment, the most useful implement may be the Common Access Card, by means of which scholars can leverage the combined in-kind resources of the federal government and their academic institution. Whereas the former maintains access to satellite imagery, data, and a network of turnkey interagency capabilities, the latter often holds more conventional resource, research resources and flexibility in time and effort that US government entities lack. The operating focus of the Applied Research Labs should be guided by civil affairs officers with reference to current lines of effort established by various command levels of use of KPOC. While the battle rhythm within the lab in terms of meeting the operational focus should be an outgrowth of the freedom and flexibility afforded to civilian academics who use the lab to further their own research and as a teaching space, shaping the next generation of 38 Gulf officers. The gains from implementation of applied components of civil military partnerships will not only be realized in identifying the evolving threat environment, but in streamlining the tax tasks of 38 Gulf officers, allowing them to dedicate their limited time to implementation of data and findings rather than both production and implementation. All right, I'm gonna take it over for here. Thank you, 
Um, so uh, rather than just provide this concept to you guys, we also wanted to provide an example um, of what an applied research looks like, like in support of civil affairs operations. Um, and this is one that we've been piloting over the past year, and it's called the Cultural Heritage Monitoring Lab. It is a partnership uh, with the uh, Smithsonian Institution and very much housed within the primary institutional partner of 38 Golf 6 Victor, um, which is the Smithsonian Cultural Rescue Initiative. So just very quickly, an example um, of an ARL and what we've been doing to support CA operations. This includes satellite imaging, monitoring, and geospatial data production specific to our field and our, um, our support, which is, spe again, specifically to six victors, that cultural and heritage officer, or heritage and preservation officer, sorry. Methodological development, including predictive analysis on impacts to that specific civil sector cultural heritage, identification of malign actors and narratives um, in that information environment, rapid analysis following natural disasters for humanitarian responses, um, and developing the real-time SME reachback that CA units are, are, you know, increasingly relying upon for those very specific types of engagements through subject matter. Um, identification of the legal context of actions involving cultural heritage. And then very important for training, you know, the force of, of, sort of 2025, 2030 and beyond is training undergraduate and graduate students in exactly what we do. Now, just to provide two case studies um, in exactly what it is the Cultural Heritage Monitoring Lab as an applied research lab for civil affairs has been doing, a great example is our rapid response to the Haiti earthquake on August 14th. Quick snapshot, snapshot of what that looked like is we had our 7.2 magnitude earthquake in Haiti on August 14th. Our lab quickly responds uh, by reaching out to our professional networks, specifically NASA JPL, quickly received the satellite data that we could then use, synthetic aperture radar data that we could use for a rapid analysis of damage and the creation of a damage proxy for the entire country. We compared that with our cultural heritage inventory in the country. And then by August 21st, we quickly turned around, sorry, by August 17th, we turned around maps of our uh, modeled impacts uh, to cultural heritage in Haiti. And by August 21st, uh, Haitian partners, um, thanks to the Smithsonian Cultural Rescue Initiative, uh, were on the ground using these data for their ground response. Case study two, uh, we've seen a lot about this over this, um, this symposium, uh, information operations. This is, we've been doing this for about six months and actively monitoring the use of cultural heritage um, as a vehicle, as an instrument in you know, active measures in information operations by China, Russia, and Iran. And so um, we not, we're not just monitoring these in the open source channels, but we're actually trying to develop, you know, go from that situational awareness to that situational understanding by analyzing these using our subject matter expertise. And so as you can see, we've categorized these here as we you know what are the common uses of cultural heritage in information operations today. Um, and you can see just a few examples of those and where they fall into this Venn diagram of overlapping use by these um, specific actors. And as you can see, there is one primary actor that's driving the innovation in both these tactics and sort of even on the strategic level, how cultural heritage is an effective vehicle in information operations.
So with that, I think we are at our time. Um, so thank you. And um, I appreciate um, acceptance of our paper into uh, this year's issue papers. And I look forward to uh, the remainder of this session. Thanks, Dr. Bassett and Lieutenant Harrell.